I think, um, you know, like everyone coming out of our MIAA basketball tournament uh, uh, that that week, the world got turned upside down and 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 like uh, like everyone in higher education and intercollegiate athletics, we we began to have conversations what what we needed to do. You might recall that week we finished our basketball tournament. And uh, a lot of the Division I conferences were in the middle of their tournament. Um, you know, first comes word that, uh, you know, the NCAA is wanting conference tournaments and, and winter national championships to, to still be played, but without fans or, or limited fans. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, 24 hours later, uh, you know, the decision made to – to, to start canceling tournaments. The NCAA announces uh, no winter championships. Um, we've, got, we've got teams in, in Maryville getting ready for a NCAA Division II men's regional tournament. They, you know, they get sent home. Uh, then the NCAA makes an announcement uh, uh, that they are uh, canceling spring sports. And uh, those spring sports seasons are are canceled and those student athletes can get their seasons back if they, if they want to come back to college um, and finish their, their senior year. So, you know, a lot, a lot happened uh, just uh, seven to 10 days after our basketball tournament. And within that week, um, the MIAA, the way that we decided to approach everything was to put together a task force. Um, so we have a, we have a task force that meets every week. Um, uh, they had a meeting this morning uh, uh, as part of their weekly meetings. Um, we do the, do meetings by video conference. Um, the task forces are our COVID-19 uh, response group. It's chaired by Lori Hopkins, uh, the senior woman administrator at Northwest Missouri State. Um, we have a student athlete on that group. We have a faculty member couple of athletic directors, uh, some compliance people. Uh, we have an athletic trainer. Um, we, uh, we announced a new partnership this morning with the U.S. Council on Athlete Health. Um, in, uh, MIAA is the first Division II organization to, to partner with that organization. Uh, they're out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, they provide uh, athletic health care consulting um, they, they work with a lot of big Division I programs. Um, we're excited to be their first Division II client, and uh, they participated in our task force meeting this morning. So they're, they're going to play a, a, a major role in helping the conference and our member schools figure out um, how we get back to campus and, and how we start uh, the 2021 uh, MIAA fall and then the winter and then the spring sports seasons. Um, so that's, you know, that's a quick overview how we got where we're at, but um, we're, we're working hard every day and, and we're making plans and, and preparing um, that uh, school's going to open in August and, and we're going to be, we're going to be having our first uh, MIAA football games uh, around Labor Day. Go into the the health task force and everything. You guys being a part of that, how how did that kind of come about? Because I mean, three months ago we weren't thinking about any type of health task being a part of anything like that, or 
having a COVID-19 task force or, but how did they come about about you guys being the first, you know, division two conference to be a part of that? Yeah. So it, it, it was timely. We, we actually started those conversations with the U S council on athletes health uh, back in January at the NCAA convention. Um, a couple of the doctors, the uh, sports medicine doctors that are affiliated um, with that national organization um, I, I've met them through uh, a couple of attorneys that I've worked with and that are, are consulting that group, helping that group get launched. Um, Haley Hansen is a, an attorney that um, provides legal counsel for Northwest Missouri State. Her and I have been friends for a long time. Haley was really instrumental in, in it, uh, introducing me to this organization. They knew about the MIAA. Uh, they, they know about our, our universities, they know about the facilities that we play in, they know about the success that our programs have had in Division II, and they were, they were excited to put something together. We, we had been talking about a, a, a partnership that was really, um, it was broadly focused on, on uh, physical wellness, um, mental health, and personal well-being for our student athletes and coaches. And um, as we were putting that deal together, um, then the, the COVID-19, the pandemic hits, and, and we sharpened our focus to really be about how, how can they uh, provide guidance and counsel and, and advice to the conference and our schools as, as we try to return to play. And uh, so um, that's how the, the deal came together as a much broader uh, uh, you know, relationship, and now, and now we've kind of, at least for the next few months, focused that work on the on the response to to COVID nineteen. The task force we put in place, we were, you know, we were one of the first conferences in the country, any any division, uh, to have a kind of a rapid uh, reaction group. This, this task force was put in place within a few days of the NCAA announcing that that spring seasons would be canceled. And, and we wanted to put together a group that could meet often. You know, our presidents make decisions, our athletic directors make decisions, but we needed a group that could really collect data and information and have discussions and include our student athletes and, um, and a group that then could make the recommendations and it's, it's been it's been a great group um, they uh, they work well together they're they're thinking you know about what's best for the MIAA they're bringing their institutional ideas to the table their experience to the table but they're really they're trying to do what's best for the conference and and how we get student athletes back on campus and and back on the fields uh, going with that uh, the NCAA obviously is kind of over everybody on this I've talked to coach Williamson I've talked to Josh Looney Andy Peterson all of them about this it, it's different for I guess Missouri Nebraska Kansas Oklahoma than it is for the New Yorks the Californias the hot spots I guess you can say more than anything else how much right. is it a you guys waiting to see from the NCAA because these states may be clear to go by August but say New York California is not is there potential that MIAA is okay to go in August September but some are, or is this basically everybody has to be ready at the same time for the NCAA to let this go? We're not, we're not getting that yet. You know, it might, it might come to that. Um, 
you know, if the NCAA looks around in, in late July and, and uh, you know, uh, big pockets of the country are, are still trying to reopen and, and, and uh, a lot of campuses aren't going to have students back on campus and uh, sports are delayed in certain parts of the country, the NCAA may say, you know, no fall sports, no fall championships, um, and we'll have to deal with that then. But right now, you know, all of the guidance and instruction from the NCAA is that, um, you know, these decisions about when to, when to bring people back to campus, um, when to uh, reopen your facilities, um, what your reopening looks like in the fall, um, you know, what you're doing to protect students and visitors to campus, uh, how do you test, how do you trace, how do you treat. Um, you know, the NCAA is saying all of that is local. Um, schools need to make those decisions based on uh, city, and county, and, and state guidance and, and, and restrictions. And, and that's how we're approaching it in the MIAA. This task force is providing our schools with, with resources and, and data and information but it's really, it's up to each school, the MIAA, uh, to figure out, you know, how do we implement this? How do we, how do we get students back on campus? How do we get student athletes back to begin practice? How do we, how do we get uh, ready for our first game? How do we welcome fans? And, and what does that fan experience look like? You know, we can, we can provide information, resources, data, things for schools to look at, look at but each of those will be driven by individual um, uh, local restrictions and policies that need to be in place. So, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a scenario where, um, you know, because, of, uh, because things are starting to reopen and, and um, get, get somewhat back to normal uh, in Missouri and Kansas and Nebraska and Oklahoma, you know, there's a, there's a scenario where the MIAA is uh, is back and playing football, and uh, and they're delayed on the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, and and right now the NCAA is saying that's okay. And and so as I mentioned earlier, you know we're we're full speed ahead uh, in the MIAA planning. Like uh, you know campuses are open in August, uh, students are back on campus, uh, fans are going to be at our games. And and we're gonna we're gonna do our fall sports schedule uh, on schedule uh, with uh, with matches and games beginning around Labor Day. Does it make it I guess kind of easier or more difficult? Just kind of preparing that everything should be normal, but also at the same time we have to have backup plans. Or is that where does this task force has come in and kind of giving you guys that insurance that there are steps in place just in case? Plan A doesn't work out, and Plan B, and stuff like that. I mean, it's yeah, that's, kind of a that's difficult a thing. Yeah, it's been it's been a busy few weeks. Um, you know, I uh, I have uh, I've spent a lot of time on video conferences and on teleconferences, and and um, you know, part of part of our responsibility is to have contingency plans in place. So you know, we're uh, we're looking at schedules and you know, what schedules might need to look like if, if the seasons get shortened or if, if, uh, if, uh, if games uh, need to be eliminated. Um, 
if uh, we, we need new policies on, you know, if a, if a school uh, decides that um, they, they don't want to travel to another school because there's been a recent positive, you know, coronavirus test, either on campus or in the community, you know, how do we treat that game? Is it a, is it a forfeit? Is it, uh, is it a, uh, an interrupted game that we need to reschedule? Is it, is it just a no contest? Like, like it, you know, ne nothing ever happened. You know, all of those issues we have to plan for. And then, and then the contingency planning does include, you know, well, what happens if the season's delayed by a month? Or what happens if the season's delayed by, um, you know, half of the season? Or what happens if the fall season doesn't happen? Can we fit, can we fit the fall, winter, and spring seasons from January through June? You know, we, we have to think, you know, we'll have those plans in place um, and, and use them if we need to. But, uh, you know, goal one is to get these communities reopened, um, get our campuses ready to start, with in-person classes in the fall, um, do everything we can to um, make sure that our student athletes are coming back to a, a safe environment for them to practice and compete, and then also making sure that the the environments are are uh, are open and and uh, safe for a, a healthy uh, fan experience uh, when those games occur. And just kind of wrapping this up here, kind of along those lines, Andy Peterson and I were talking about it yesterday, how Maryville's got 7,000 people in, in their community. I think they have five positive cases up there. St. Joe's getting a few more now with everything going on here. It, it, you mentioned it, that, that. That's part of it, too, is seeing how each different university setting is, I guess, dealing with and how it's the virus is approaching, whether it's Edmond whether it's Warrensburg. Just how much of a challenge has that part been on itself as saying, well, Maryville's this small and it's kind of secluded up there, but then you have St. Joe, you have Warrensburg it, all around the KC Metro, Emporia, Topeka, same thing. How, how is that kind of, I guess, maybe changing or the thought process or just the think tank of how each community is seeing the virus? Yeah, so I, I mean, you know, that, that's absolutely how we have to approach this is that each institution is really, is, is really uh, laser focused on what's going on in their community. You know, we have lots of guidance and advice from the federal government and from the state and from the NCAA and, and uh, within higher ed, you know, a number of, uh, a number of protocols and, and policies and phases and, 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 and data points you're looking for, but it, it really, it comes down to what's going on in each community and and uh, and that has to be it has to be local local decisions and those things could change you know you could you could uh, begin to reopen and then and then you have a flashpoint and and perhaps uh, an outbreak that needs to be dealt with and and um, you know communities need to be able to react to that and and uh, you know the real I'll, 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 I'll share this with you as kind of where. Uh, the task force is starting to have some discussions about um, within the MIAA, you know, what, what happens if, um, if uh, late summer um, the state of Missouri has another outbreak and uh, communities in, in Missouri need to put some restrictions in place, 
Um, and But in Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Kansas, where the other MIAA schools are located, um, things are fine. You know, things are back back to normal. Um, do we do we go forward with an MIAA football schedule in the fall where some of our institutions have had to shut things back down while some of our institutions, you know, are able to, to, to continue uh, to play? And, and how does that work? So, you know, we talked about does the NCAA have to have everything kind of on the same path? Um, the answer so far to that is no. Um, the, the, the question, does everything in the MIAA need to look the same? Do we need all of the schools open and, and all of the, the teams uh, uh, ready to play in order for our fall schedules to move forward? And, and we don't have that answer yet. That's, uh, that's a question that uh, we've started to talk about this morning, and we'll have, we'll have an answer on that in a few weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a little more complicated when, um, when everything is being driven at the local level. We have our four-state region, and we need to try to figure out, you know, how we get, how we get teams across state lines to play a schedule uh, and, and what happens when we have some teams that may not be able to do that. So. It's crazy to kind of think like that, just going across state lines at this point. And, and final question for you. I don't know if there is an answer for this yet because I know everything's still kind of building back up. Is there a, I guess, a date you guys are looking at for allowing teams to, you know, get back into workouts, whether it's summer workouts and stuff like that, and then obviously fall report dates are still months away. But is there, is there kind of a timetable for summer workouts, or is that still kind of in the reopening process too? Yeah, so the, the, the actual um, – it's kind of a dead period, nothing – person. Um, the, the NCAA still has uh, those restrictions in place. They run, they run through the end of May. Um, there's some conversations in the NCAA that they may, they may extend those. Um, but you know, we, have, we have campuses in, in the MIAA um, that, are, uh, that are starting the process of reopening, uh, having staffs come back, um, uh, University of Central Oklahoma's, you know, reopening June 1st, and uh, they're not going to have uh, summer camps in June, but, you know, some of their facilities are going to be open, and, and uh, you know, certainly if, if student-athletes wanted to um, move forward with some of their voluntary workouts, um, they, they could probably do that in June uh, if, if the NCAA permits that. So these issues about um, – about summer workouts, using the campus facilities, um, when does preseason practice start, um, what, what does the length of, of preseason practice look like. Um, those are decisions the NCAA is still wrestling with, and we'll, we'll have to react to that when those decisions get made. 